today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. He put his trust in the Lord and stood alone and in effect saved Jeremiah's life. And God's like, um, <laughs> I honor that. I acknowledge that. I'm going to bless that. I'm going to reward you for that. I'm going to give you a prize for that because that was faith. That was trust. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. God sees when His children follow what His Word says. He'll reward it. Whether it's in this life or the next, God will remember those times where you chose to follow Him. Today, Pastor J.D. is going to remind you that there are also consequences to deal with when you refuse to follow God and the path He has for you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 39 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's jump right in. Jeremiah chapter 39, verse 1. In the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and besieged it. In verse 2, the eleventh year of Zedekiah, in the fourth month, on the ninth day of the month, the city was penetrated, speaking of the city wall. Now, let me just kind of provide a little bit of the backstory so you kind of get a gauge and a feel for where we're at in what's happening here. This besieging of Judah has actually been over the course of approximately a year and a half. And you could divide it up into three invasions, as it were. And this is the third and final one. And this time, they have broken through the wall. It's game over. And this is exactly what Jeremiah for 40 years has been prophesying. He's been prophesying and warning that this day would come, and now this day, the ninth day of the month, to be specific, it came. I mean, if I'm Jeremiah, I, I'm i not, <laughs> not even close, and we should all thank God for that. But if I'm Jeremiah, I'm like, told you so, in Jesus' name, but not Jeremiah. Never imagine for a moment that he's in any way relishing, <laughs> gloating, if you prefer, No, I think he's grieving. He was right all along, precisely fulfilled according to his prophetic warnings. Forty years, forty years, and now it happens. Well, then verse 3, all the princes, 
of the king of Babylon came in and sat in the middle gate. Now I'll do my best on these names. You'll have to be gracious to me and bear with me. Nergal Sharezar, Samgar Nebo, Sarsachim Rabsaras. Sorry about spitting on everybody in the front row on that one. Nergal Sarazar, Rabmag, with the rest of the princes of the king of Babylon. So it was, verse 4, when Zedekiah the king of Judah and all the men of war saw them that they fled and went out of the city by night by way of the king's garden by the gate between the two walls, and he went out by way of the plain. But, verse 5, the Chaldean army... <laughs> pursued them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. He didn't get very far. He was likely on his way to the Dead Sea area, for those of you that have been to Israel with us. And when they had captured him, they brought him up to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to Riblah in the land of Hamath, where he pronounced judgment on him. Then, verse 6, the king of Babylon killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes in Riblah. The king of Babylon also killed all the nobles of Judah. Moreover, verse 7, he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. Now, we had talked about this a few weeks ago. There was a very specific prophecy in the book of Ezekiel about how that Zedekiah, King Zedekiah, would be taken to Babylon, but he would not see Babylon. And that's why. Oh, he would be taken to Babylon, but he would be blinded, and as such not see Babylon. Oh, this is horrific and graphic. The last thing he would see, the image that would be burned indelibly on his mind and heart, would be the killing of his sons before his eyes. And verse 8, the Chaldeans burned the king's house and the houses of the people with fire and broke down the walls of Jerusalem. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive to Babylon the remnant of the people who remained in the city and those who defected to him with the rest of the people who remained. So off they go. That's how it ends. Sadly, that's how it ends for Zedekiah. But you know what makes it so sad? It didn't need to end this way. I was thinking about this today in preparation and anticipation of teaching this. How many times, and I wonder if Zedekiah thought about this, but too late. How many times did he talk with Jeremiah? Jeremiah talked with him, even privately. A couple of weeks ago, you might remember, he called Jeremiah and brought him privately, even secretly, just to talk with him, ask him. And it was like he came so close, it seemed. So close, but yet so far. 
And he tells Jeremiah, and it's recorded for us, very powerful and very applicable, by the way. He tells Jeremiah that he just can't because he's afraid of what the people will think of him. Does that sound a little bit familiar? When you're witnessing to somebody and, man, you just think they're so close, but yet so far. And they don't come to Christ. Why? Because they're bound, trapped by the fear of man. A man-pleasing fear of man. He feared man and what man would think of him were he to repent. And if he would have but repented, it wouldn't have ended this way. It is so tragic. And it is so tragic for those who come so close, as Zedekiah, I believe, actually, truly did, but would not make that commitment for fear of man. I wonder if at this point, and you got to know that he's recalling, rewinding all of the videos, replaying all of the videos over all of the years that Jeremiah prophesied about this happening, and now it's happening. This is really happening. That's how it ends for Zedekiah. Verse 10, but how you doing so far? Are you depressed? I'm, I'm Verse 10, but Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, left in the land of Judah the poor people, this is interesting, who had nothing, and gave them vineyards and fields at the same time. Wow. Well, this is interesting. I mean, in the end, the poor would inherit the land. Does that sound familiar? Well, it should. Because it's true. But this is one of those places, and we might see another one of these yet, but this is one of those places where I think we would do well to ask the why question again. The why behind the what. Okay, so this is what we're told they were given. They had nothing, and now they're given all of this. And particularly because they were poor and meek. And so they inherit all of this. Okay, that's the why. Here's a thought. Um, The meek have no agenda. The meek can be trusted. The meek are the ones who are the most grateful. To whom much has been given, much is required. The one who has been forgiven of much, loves much. That's how it works. You can't entrust something like this to someone who is rich and full of pride and arrogance and haughty, it would be disastrous. But it's the poor, and they're given this, and that's how it ends for them. Now, verse 11, this is just wow, okay? Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, gave charge concerning Jeremiah to Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, saying, Take him, verse 12, and look after him, 
and do him no harm, but do to him just as he says to you. Okay, we need to talk about this for a couple of reasons. The first of which is, this is a Babylonian whom Nebuchadnezzar has charged with the task of getting to Jeremiah and saying to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, hey, whatever you want, consider it done. You just say the word and we're going to do it. Whatever you want. We're going to look after you. We're going to take care of you. Okay, again, I, if I'm Jeremiah, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, um, why are you as a Babylonian treating me better than my own people? No, oh, again, we need to talk about this, okay? And I need to maybe share my heart on this, because there's some truth to this. Isn't it sad that oftentimes the world will treat us better than the Christian. Now think this through with me. This is the Babylonian king sending his captain of the guard to tell Jeremiah that, hey, we're going to take care of you from here on out. Heretofore he's been beaten, threatened, his life threatened, attempts made on his life to kill him. He's been abused physically, brutally, verbally of course, He's been imprisoned, left to die by his own people. And now the king of Babylon says, hey Jeremiah, we're going to take care of you. So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, verse 13, sent Nebuchadnezzar, Rabsaras, Nergal Sharezar, Rabmag, and all of the king of Babylon's chief officers, then verse 14, they sent someone to take Jeremiah from the court of the prison. Oh, wait a minute. He's still in prison? Yeah. And committed him to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, that he should take him home. So he dwelt among the people. Wow. This is how it will end for Jeremiah. And so too is this how it will end for the Jeremiahs of this world who are found faithful in the face of unspeakable persecution, mistreatment, mocking, ridiculing, even threatening. Verse 15, Meanwhile, the word of the Lord had come to Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Go, verse 16, and speak to Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian. Remember him? This guy's our friend. We like him. He's a good guy. So now, again, Jeremiah is told by the Lord to go to him with a word from the Lord. And what is that word? Go to him saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for adversity and not for good. It's not a good word. 
and they shall be performed in that day before you. But, ah, verse 17, I will deliver you in that day, says the Lord. And you shall not be given into the hand of the men of whom you are afraid. Which means that he feared what they would do to him. Now that the final siege has taken place, they've broken through the wall, taken captive. This is the final, final, the end. And certainly he would have every cause, every reason to fear what's going to come upon him, what's going to happen to him, but God sends Jeremiah with this word to him, and he says, verse 18, for I will surely deliver you, and you shall not fall by the sword, but your life, listen to this, shall be as a prize to you. Why? Ah, because you have put your trust in me, says the Lord. Wow. I mean, hey, this Ethiopian, again, he's an Ethiopian. He may not be a Babylonian, but he's an Ethiopian. Do you remember what he did when he put his trust in the Lord? He trusted the Lord against all odds, with great cost to his own personal safety. He put his trust in the Lord and stood alone, and in effect saved Jeremiah's life. And God's like, um, <laughs> I honor that, I acknowledge that, I'm going to bless that, I'm going to reward you for that, I'm going to give you a prize for that, because that was faith. That was trust. And that's how it ends for Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian. And that's how it ends for all of those like him. God will never be a debtor to anyone. When you do what he did as unto the Lord, with such faith as this, this in the Gospels, I'm always taken back by how moved the Savior is when He comes upon someone who has faith. He'll even stop everything and draw attention to that individual, and will even say things like, I have never seen such faith as this in all of Israel. Or how about this, uh, your faith has healed you. Faith? Yeah, that's what he did. That's what he had. You know, in Hebrews, and we studied this in our verse-by-verse -verse study through Hebrews, which was a very intense book, amazing book, of course. Of course, I know I say that about all the books in the Bible. They're all amazing. But there's that one verse, you know it well. Without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But let's flip that around. If without faith it's impossible to please God, then that means that with faith it's possible to please God. And that's exactly what he did. How pleasing to God was this.
it was so pleasing that the Lord would send Jeremiah, and at a time when he probably needed it the most, he's probably terrified, again rightfully so, just with a dread, a fear about what's going to happen to him. And the Lord sends Jeremiah to him and says, I'm not going to let anything happen to you because you put your trust in me. And here's the thing, (laughs) anyone who puts their trust in the Lord will never, I mean never be disappointed. You will never be let down. When you have faith in God and trust in God, that's it. I know that's deeply profound. That's the only thing I can say. Chapter 40, verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord after Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had let him go from Ramah, when he had taken him bound in chains among all who were carried away captive from Jerusalem and Judah, who were carried away captive to Babylon. And verse 2, the captain of the guard took Jeremiah and said to him, The Lord your God has pronounced this doom on this place. You'll forgive me for chuckling. I think you'll see why here in a moment. Now the Lord has brought it and has done just as he said, because you people have sinned against the Lord and not obeyed his voice. Therefore this thing has come upon you. And now look, I free you. He's talking to Jeremiah. I free you this day from the chains that were on your hand. If it seems good to you to come with me to Babylon, come. And I will look after you. We'll take care of you. But if it seems wrong for you to come with me to Babylon, remain here. See, all the land is before you. Wherever it seems good and convenient for you to go, go there. Now while Jeremiah, verse 5, had not yet gone back, Nebuzaradan said, Go back to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon has made governor over the cities of Judah. And Dwell with him among the people. Or (laughs) go wherever it seems convenient for you to go. Jeremiah, whatever you want, man. Just do whatever you want. You're free. Just whatever you want. Consider it done. So the captain of the guard gave him rations and a gift and let him go. That's huge, by the way. Remember now, Jeremiah is probably, well, he's he's in his 60s at the very least, which is not like 60 today, thank God, because I'm 60. (laughs) I mean, that was a hard life back then, and so it was more like 80s or even 90s. So he's an aged man, and got the scars to prove it, all that he's been through, all the beatings, all the imprisonments. So And he's probably lost a lot of weight by now, not by choice. He's very weak, frail. And so they give him rations and a gift, and they let him go. Then Jeremiah went, verse 6, to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, to Mizpah, and dwelt with him among the people who were left in the land. And verse 7 went, all the captains of the armies who were in the fields, they and their men heard that the king of Babylon had made Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, governor in the land, and had committed to him men, women, children, and the poorest of the land, who had not been carried away captive to Babylon. Then 
they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout this book, the prophet Jeremiah is speaking words that God has given him, warning the Israelite nation that judgment is sure to come. But the people don't want to hear it. They'd rather carry on in their revelry, living their best life now. If you've noticed, there's a mentality of that in today's culture, too. Don't you dare give anyone warning about the red flags in their life. They're just taking that idea of eat, drink, and be merry and running with it. Unfortunately, these warnings in Jeremiah weren't heeded. And that's how it can be today as well, as God gives fair warning about what's to come in the future. But are you prepared for what God's warnings are? Have you taken heed to what he speaks and teaches about in his word? These aren't just mentioned as a side note. Everything in God's word is intentional and has a purpose. If you'd like to know more about what this all means, we encourage you to go to our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. There, you'll find the ABCs of salvation under the resources tab. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and that he can save you from a life and eternity without him. If you're in the area and would like to connect with some others in person about this, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for the next edition in Jeremiah, here on In Spirit and Truth.